Pastor Ed Taylor on where to turn for wisdom of the best kind. You don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on worldly wisdom because worldly wisdom is only going to lead you one place, to the world. God has offered his wisdom to you for absolutely no charge. We're told that if we ask God for wisdom, he will grant it. He will give it without partiality. Even if that wisdom right now is to wait. Don't make a decision. Don't make a move. Just wait for further instructions. That's wisdom from the Lord. We don't need to go off and, and find any other wisdom other than that that's from the Lord. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Our series in 1 Corinthians is about to continue here on Abounding Grace. We'll meet up with Pastor Ed Taylor in a second. Have you ever bought a piece of furniture that came in a box with assembly required? <laughs> Maybe like me, you tried to go about it without reading the instructions, and that didn't go so well. Well, today we'll learn the importance of building our lives and church the right way on the right foundation. If you try to go about it the wrong way, you'll pay dearly for it. Fortunately for us, God has given us the instructions in His Word. We just need to follow it. Here's Pastor Ed in 1 Corinthians 3. The Lord's always encouraging me as a pastor leader and the leadership that God has surrounded me with. We just need to seek the Lord. I know not everybody's comfortable with that. I know that when ministry's needs are happening and things have to happen, we've been conditioned to want things to happen now. And when an answer comes back, no, let's just pray about it. What? Are you kidding me? How can you, we, we got to pray about it? Yeah, yeah, we're going to pray about it. We're just going to seek the Lord to see if, if it's from him. We're just going to seek the Lord to just see if it's for us. We're just going to seek the Lord to see if he starts to provide here, or open a door here, or, or even perhaps close a door. Because we don't want to build with wood. Hey, and I can go on and on with worldly methods that church leaders fall into. But I think the few that we look at are, these crazy gimmicks. And the problem with crazy gimmicks is that you always got to come up with a new one. It's always an opportunity, another gimmick, another gimmick, another gimmick, another gimmick. It's 40 days of this, and then you need 50 days of this, and then you got to have 60 days of that. And then maybe you go back to 40, and it just burns people out. And you could just spend that time seeking the Lord and worshiping Him and, and allowing Him to do what He wants to do. So we build the church with the right ingredients, and you build on your life. I know some of you are just crazy going through it right now. And one of the temptations, and it's not like even a temptation of sin, so please don't get me wrong, but one of the temptations is if you could just find that right book, it will solve. You know, maybe you have an anger problem. And, you know, if you just tell me, tell me what, what great thing to read, just show me the book. Yeah, tuck me down to the store or, or walk me through and just show me the section on anger. What book? Right here. This is it right here. Are there great books on anger and how to deal with it practically? Yes. But have you been tripped up to seek man's wisdom before you seek God? 
Because really, when you look at anger, it's a simple, selfish response. That's what anger is. Think about it. Think about the things that anger you. It's usually something that you disagree with. And the Bible says that an outburst of wrath is a work of the flesh. And how do we deal with works of the flesh? Walk in the Spirit. And how do we walk in the Spirit? Well, there's a lot of things. You're doing it right now. You're walking in the Spirit right now. You're pointing your life toward the things of the Lord. You're setting things up. Now, of course, when you leave or in the middle of the message, you could turn it all off and go, I'm going to go back into the flesh. But for right now, you're under the teaching of the Word of God, and you're setting your life toward Him, walking in the Spirit, living your life in the Spirit. Could you read a book on anger? Sure. I love to read. I love to read what godly men and godly women have said in time past. But am I seeking a good book or a CD set before I'm seeking the Lord? It's a good question to ask. Because if that's the pattern of my life, then you're going to go from book to book, CD to CD, teacher to teacher. And the reality of now where you're seeing that path going, it, it takes us into the end times. Because Paul said in those last days, there's going to be a propensity for people to raise up teachers that will teach them what they want to hear, teach us tickling our ears, and, and we see that happening. And you want to be careful. The church of Jesus must be built his way. And we remain obedient spectators to his work. I, I look at it just in the context of our ministry and what God has taught me through the ministry time that I've had with my pastor Jeff and his pastor Chuck Smith and many other godly men along the way. When we moved here 10 years ago, there was just really one desire, and that was in John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 21, to see Jesus. And the way that that, that happened in my personal life was to experience a tremendous humbling of pride in my life because when I first stepped out to, to move out and, and maybe plan a church, my priorities were all messed up, and I was more interested in planning the church than caring for people, and God will never tolerate that. He'll never let it. He'll let you go far enough and then... Boom, where's your heart? Well, I had that experience. Had to regroup and ask the Lord and really God opened doors for us to move here and that's why we're here. And planted in my heart was a desire not to, not to plant a church, but to watch a church be planted. Big difference. When you go out, I'm gonna plant a church, well then now you're, it's all your responsibility. You know, then you do demographic studies then you, then you stress out and then you wonder. And then, but when you're wanting just to see God do something, well, you could see God do something. And if he wants to do it with two people, then you're excited. Two people, wow. If only one person comes back and your church has shrunk by, you know, 100% or 50%, you're like, whoa, but it was from the Lord. And then it goes up five and 10 and you just watch God do what he's gonna do. And then you're more prone to hear his voice and do what he tells you to do. You're not, it's not all on your shoulders. And that call upon my life was to watch not to plant a church, but to watch one being planted. And even though there are hundreds of ways of doing this, we just chose the simple way, the way that was handed down to us. Teach the Bible consistently and love people. Makes the ministry very simple. Don't create a bunch of ministries. Don't create a lot of hype. Don't worry about what zip code you're in. I remember when I got here, there was already a fellowship here. So God already picked the zip code for me. And I remember we were growing out of that little room and I remember asking Ron Rimple, hey, find a school. I don't know this area. So find a school that's close to here because this is where God wants us. And then he found the school. And then when we were looking for more space, we found the space across the street. And then we were looking for land. Well, boy, it's just right across the street. And God did all this. 
you get stressed out if you start looking for that kind of stuff. And you go, what are we supposed to do? We don't, we, we don't know what to do. And God says, that's perfect. Stay right there. Stay right there. Because I'll show you what to do. I'll lead you. And you know, we didn't do any demographic studies here to tailor our church to whatever neighborhood we're in. I figured I'd just meet the neighborhood as I met people. We don't need to spend, we don't have thousands of dollars to spend, but we don't need to do that because we'll just learn the neighborhood as we meet people at the store and people come to church and they see a sign on the street and, and we get to know this area and we get to meet people. And you'd be amazed how many people you meet just hanging out at Starbucks. It's amazing. It's like Grand Central Station of any city for that matter. You just start to love people and talk to them and watch God do the work because it really doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in when you love people and teach his word. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you meet in a school with ugly plastic chairs and food on the walls or you meet in a building, you know, the school nestled in a community. I mean, who would ever find that school unless your kids went there? It's way back in the middle of a community unless you live there or your kids go there. Where, where, where's that school? It doesn't matter. God will lead people. He'll find the school. It doesn't matter if you're hidden in some neighborhood. And I know for some, as this message goes out, it's just really speaking to church planners right now or people involved in church plants that you're wondering, why is it going so hard? Maybe you're not doing it the way of the Lord. Maybe it's hard because you're in the flesh. Maybe it's hard just because it's a season right now. But it doesn't matter if you're in some school hidden in a neighborhood or you've got a building that's on the corner. It doesn't matter. You think, you know, being for us, we have that history. You know, we were in that school in the middle of nowhere. And then and now we, we have been blessed with a building that, that is pretty much on a corner. But do you know that people still get lost looking for this place? And for all the, the months that we had the sign out and things weren't working, like it's just a big dark building on the corner. You're like, where do I go to worship? I guess I'll follow the cars. Not in the safe way. <laughs> Come over here and let's worship the Lord together. And you don't need to spend and, and this is true in your own life. This is true in your own life. Listen, you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on worldly wisdom because worldly wisdom is only going to lead you one place, to the world. God has offered his wisdom to you for absolutely no charge. We're told that if we ask God for wisdom, he will grant it. He will give it without partiality. Even if that wisdom right now is to wait don't make a decision. Don't make a move. Just wait for further instructions. That's wisdom from the Lord. We don't need to go off and, and find any other wisdom other than that that's from the Lord. And so you want to be careful to build on the foundation of your life with gold, silver, and precious stones. Those things that are valuable spiritually and beautiful and difficult to obtain those that stand the test of time, those that when the fire comes, they don't get destroyed, they get more pure. The life of the believer. When fire come in our lives, when fire, the fires of life are heated up around us, we get stronger, not weaker. If our foundation has been built on with precious, wonderful things, not things that are just thrown away. Jesus really summarized it, right? He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. So you can judge those things in your life that are spiritual and non-spiritual. And those things that are laid up on earth, you're going to lose them. Every one of them. Every single thing. The only value on the earth today is the souls of men and the word of God. 
And anything we have secondary to that is to be, to be used, especially in the context of our ministry, is to be used to reach people. Because it's all going to burn. All of it. All of it. Every single possession that we have is going to burn. And so in the days in which we live, we need to build on that foundation. We don't build on a foundational principle either. We build on a person. Your life is based on the life and the death and the resurrection of a person, not a philosophy, not a sermon. Your life's not even built on a sermon. Your life and mine is built on Jesus Christ, none other. The only foundation for life. So notice now, verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. There is going to be a time of judgment for the believer that Paul teaches on later, the Bema seat, where those things in your life that were valueless are going to be lost. You're still going to be saved, but you're going to look and go, man, what a waste of time. What was I thinking? What was I doing? And it's lost. Those of you that built spiritually, you'll receive a reward. You'll be rewarded by the Lord. But if your work is burned, you're going to suffer the loss, even though you'll be saved. Do you not know, verse 16, that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Those are hard words. In the Greek mind, a place of worship was everywhere. They were idolatrous. They were pagans. They didn't really care. And all their temples were, were houses of prostitute. And, and they were more interested in the building than they were what was going on inside. It was just really, really just paganism at its root. But now this word in the original language here for temple points us toward the holy of holies. That special place where, the, where in the Old Testament the Shekinah glory of God dwelt. And he's telling the church here. He's telling us, don't you guys realize that together you're the holy of holies? Where the glory of God dwells? Where you can enjoy the presence of the Lord? Don't you realize that you've been taken out of the world and now you've become the place where God dwells? Individually and together. You've become the place where God dwells. Don't you realize that? It'll change your whole perspective. It'll change how you build. It'll change the foundation. It'll change everything when you begin to see the reality of that, as the church both grows in depth and in width. The Bible describes us as living stones. Have you ever read that? Living stones built together. And the problem, of course, with living stones is there's a few squirming stones out there and there's a little bit of friction when you put stones together, a little temptation to throw in the towel toward other believers or toward church. Or that whenever you're getting people together, you're always going to have problems. But Paul says, don't you guys, because that's what they're doing. Remember, don't forget Corinthians. Whenever you're reading through Corinthians, just think of division, think of difficulty, think of problems, think of all the issues that were happening in this church. And, and that's the context. Paul says, don't you guys remember you are the church. You're the place where the Holy of Holies dwells, where the presence of God is. That's why mature believers, and those of you taking notes, you might just want to jot this down. Or you can, it's easy enough to remember. But mature believers don't run away. They stick it out. That's a sign of maturity. If you're prone to run away, whether you run away from a church you want to run away from a problem, you run away from a person, 
If you're considering, you can be the best to describe yourself. If you're a person that's prone to run away, it's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Endurance is a sign of maturity. Enduring all the way through what God has allowed in your life, not running away. Mature believers stick it out. You have the attitude of, I'm not going to change my location or my situation. Instead, I'm going to stay right here, God, and allow you to do your work through people that might irritate me or even hurt me in order that I might grow up in you. Did you hear that? God, I'm willing to allow the situation you've put me in, you've allowed me to be in, to grow me up. Because we've said it time and time again, it doesn't matter how how many times you run away, you're going to run into the same situation. You know why? Because you're the same person, just a little bit worse. Because you've chosen not to take care of it again. Where God has allowed it. I'm not saying it isn't going to be painful. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. But with God, all things are possible. And you run away a few times, you get to do it habitually. You know, if you ran away from the church in Corinth, you know what church you could go to in Corinth? None. There wasn't another church. You'd have to go to another city. But I believe that the churches were so tight back then that if you went to another, you know, if you ran, you know, down the street to the church in Thessalonica, and it'd probably take you a few days to get there, that they've already sent word over there, hey, you know what? Just want to let you know, we had this problem with so-and-so, and oh, yeah, they're here right now. And the whole motive of God, why he would allow us to be in a fellowship is so that he, we can mature. And he's going to use situations and he's going to use people in your life. And he says, don't you remember you're the temple? That's what you are. And then he ends with three strong exhortations. Let's look at them here from verse 18 all the way to the end. So we've got this foundation. We've got that exhortation or encouragement to build on that foundation. So notice the three exhortations. The first one is verses 18 to 20. He says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the, God of wis- for the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in, her- in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So here's number one. Stop exalting yourselves. Exalting your wisdom, your experience. Stop exalting yourself. They thought alone, they were dealing with this, that they were the ones that alone had the wisdom. And Paul says, it's easily, you're easily deceived into thinking that. That's why he says, don't be deceived. You and I can be easily deceived that wisdom that that we've made or we've found is really wisdom from God, but in, in reality, it's wisdom from the world. And that's a big problem for us because we were born in this world, we were raised in this world, we were probably schooled in this world, We would probably have read the books and the magazines and the newspapers of this world. We've been influenced by the politics of this world. We are in this world. And if you got saved later in life, you've got some things to unlearn. Because the world has formed your thinking. The world has formed how you process things. It's just the way it is. It's the way we are. Now, those of you that grew up in a Christian home, you got a little less of the world. Praise God. That's great but you were still reared reared as a believer in this world. (laughs) And you still had to deal with that conflict of, this is what I learned at home, but when I go to school, this is what they taught me. And this is what mom and dad told me, but now my college professor's saying this, and I'm just, man, this is like, whoa. And you gotta process these things and allow the Holy Spirit to 
give you that wisdom that will replace the wisdom of the world. I'll give you one that's real popular right now, the wisdom of the world. If you don't have the money to buy that, charge it. And if you were to be honest with me, because that's what real relationship is, real relationship is honesty. If you were really to be honest with me and you were to lay your credit card receipts here and let me look at them, those of you that have them, I could measure it. I could measure how much you are into the world system by just looking at your credit card statements. And if you're really honest, if you really wanted to take a step of honesty, that's why you don't tithe and why you don't give and why your heart's not broken for the poor because you're so far in debt. How'd you get there? Now, obviously, sometimes there are medical emergencies. There are, I'm not talking about the things that are emergencies or a job loss and and some things have happened, but I can, tell you, I can tell you this, most of the credit that's carried by believers in the church is consumer credit, and it's been bought with the philosophy of the world that said, if I don't have the money, I'm gonna get it. And I don't care how long it takes me to pay it off. And you do that four or five or 10 times, and you're 10 grand in debt. How'd you get there? Is that what God told you to do? Was that really wisdom from heaven? Or did you and I get bought into all these crazy commercials that if I just had this cool looking card in my wallet, man, I could have anything that I ever wanted. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. Simply go online to hear it again at calvaryco.church. Again, we're at calvaryco.church. If you haven't already downloaded the free Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps, simply search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. This is a great way to take in a steady dose of God's Word. Pastor Ed, this month we picked out a wonderful book by A.W. Tozer that can really be of some help to our listeners' lives. What can you tell us about it? Well, Larry, A.W. Tozer, his book, The Pursuit of God, is one of the first books that was ever put into my hand as a new believer. And Tozer, for those of you that know him, was a phenomenal teacher with the gift of exhortation. He was really what would be considered a prophet of his day, and therefore, he's very unpopular. Uh, He is not the best-selling book at the local bookstore. Uh, He's not—there aren't uh, thousands of people walking through our bookstore, or at least when it gets rebuilt— uh, we're in the process of construction right now, but there, there isn't a, a lot of, the phone's not ringing off the hook. I'm not, I don't have emails uh, pack, you know, stacking up in my email box looking for Tozer Works, but I think that every believer should at least purchase one book by A.W. Tozer, and it's this one, The Pursuit of God. Another one, if I had to add a second one, would be Rut, Rot, or Revival. Another very stirring book. And basically his books are messages edited into reading form. And he's an exhorter, he's a stirrer, and he loves the body of Christ. And he wants the church to make a difference in the world today. And he wants the the believer to live a distinct life, not a weird life, not a life of of seclusion outside of the world, but a powerful life, walking in the Spirit, abiding in Christ, and obeying Christ. And I think that's one of the things he would say, he's in glory right now too, um, but one of the things he would say is that what's lacking in the church today is obedience. And so pursue God and run after him. And please, please, whether you get this book with us, we encourage you to support our ministry or Amazon, however you get books, please, please 
grab a copy of A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. I know you'll be blessed. And by the way, when we offer books and we recommend books, they're just for the sake of building your spiritual library. I'll tell you what, I bought so many books. I'm an avid reader, and I still to this day will buy a book based on a recommendation or something I saw, and it just turned out to be a dud. And so I, when I began pastoring here, the Lord allowed me to pastor a fellowship. I really wanted to tell the church good books that will bless them to minimize their buying of duds and to maximize their building of a spiritual library. So that's really why we make these recommendations, to help you build a spiritual library. Of course, you support Abounding Grace along the way. That's great. Um, But you can do that online, too. You can go right to our website and support there. But please get the book. It'll bless you. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.church. Don't miss our next study in the Word next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.